turned down for what? Turned down for what? Turned down for what? <laughs> well, that, of course, is the hit from DJ Snake and Lil John. And if it's the handwritten message left for me by the housekeeping staff at the Fisherman's Wharf Marriott Express, apparently not very happy that I left them a perfectly fine pair of shoes and a half dozen pennies for a tip, then this must be Dale Radio. And I, of course, am your host, Dale Seaver, and you're listening to another episode of Some Things I Enjoy, coming to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And, uh, well, it's good to be uh, uh, home <laughs> Here by our little Gowani, and uh, it's just just me on this episode. I realize that all season I haven't had a chance to just uh, talk to you one on one, and uh, I miss our chats. I do. I w- <laughs> I wanted to see how you're doing, and let you know on some of the things that are going on for me. By the way, more snow predicted. <laughs> Another seventy inches coming our way. There's so much snow, folks. It's an endless, endless winter. Someone has upset the gods. I'm sure someone has stirred something they shouldn't have stirred and uh, placed something where they should not have placed it. Uh, So I tell you something, as long as you're out there dodging branches and chipping ice off of your driveways uh, or not doing that, as the case may be with our neighbors, my goodness, I almost slipped and broke my finger for the second time out there. Legally, they're supposed to to get out there and, and, and clean off their sidewalks. But anyway, nothing a a strongly worded letter left in the mailbox can't solve. Anyhow, excuse me as I uh, take a sip of that. You know, this time of year, I like to have a little smoky tarry tea. And that's uh, that's what I'm having now. I love it. Lapsong Sushong, as the uh, Russians call it. First of all, things here are going well. Uh, someone has used my email address for a British pornography site. Lots of gals pose with scones wearing very little and in need of some dental work. <laughs> it's what's filling up my inbox. And, uh, of course, I was uh, trying to uh, look at I had to look at one of these things just to get it off. Of, uh, I, I, I swear to you, just I was shocked as you would be. And it was up on the screen. Of course, I had to explain that. <laughs> to my lady friend during one of our uh, couple's email nights. Now, that's a night, and maybe you do this at your home, too. I don't know, but it's just wonderful. We take turns reading each other's emails. It's an idea that she came up with us, uh, came up with uh, for us, and uh, just a wonderful trust exercise, something nice to do this time of year. <laughs> She's just wonderful. She's full of fantastic ideas like that. She also made me a handsome winter sleeping cap sewn from the padding of the old bras she no longer wears. (laughs) I can feel your jealousy from here, fellas. (laughs) I couldn't be happier or warmer. Love is certainly in the air. And uh, also in the air, dust mites and pet dander for some of you. And uh, if that is the case, I'd rather not come over. So even if you're having tater tot casserole, leave me off the invite list. I don't care uh, to to be around uh, too many domesticated animals, as as you know. Uh, But I am trying to stay positive. Valentine's Day uh, coming up. uh, CVS's busiest time of year. And uh, you know, boy, they get going early, don't they? (laughs) I've talked about it on this program, but you know uh, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up uh, usually around Halloween. (laughs) 
is when the good folks over there start stalking. It must just be such a such a thrill and such a, a dangerous situation to be a CVS employee because you're constantly riding that wave, aren't you? It's a, this candy has to come out, and now it's St. Patrick's Day candy has to go out. It's just one event to the next, and Cinco de Mayo, let's put this stuff out. I guess, the, I don't know what is their mayonnaise or something. They just have to stock the shelves. It's just earlier and earlier, and it, I bet they go home thinking, what day is it? Probably just in a whirlwind. Of them, that might just be the kind of person that works there. But I don't, most of the, now they're replacing them with the self checkouts, which, again, uh, I, I've talked about at length. So uh, I, I wanted to spread a little love, as they say. I'm never fond of that phrase. You you may you may not be uh, either, uh, but uh, that is really uh, just a, a spreading the love. I always imagine it with a consistency when somebody uses that phrase, and I don't care for it. Anyhow, uh, let's not think about that too long. <laughs> I'm going to fill you in on what's been going on here at Dale HQ. It's just so exciting uh, to, to, that I have to share it with you. First of all, my thanks go out to everybody who helped, everybody who came out, everybody who participated in or some somehow pushed me forward with, via the SF Sketchfest out there in San Francisco. Janet Varney, David Owens, and Cole Strand. What tremendous, that's a tremendous group of individuals right there. Three people, just kids, dreamers, who a bunch of years ago said, let's put on a, a festival. Let's do it. We all love it. Let, let's do it. It became even more than sketch. It became a, a comedy festival. And, and truly, after my experience there, and you know, I've watched, I, I participated long ago, 2002, something like that. I was up on this stage. And to be back all these many years later, it's just as it's evolved into a really world-class comedy festival, and I was thrilled to be a part of it. Uh, they just you just take something from nothing, and I was uh, back on the same stage, <laughs> which incidentally the, the 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 green room back there, the, such as it is, the dressing room, smelled exactly the same. Some places, that's just that's just how it is. <laughs> But it was uh, nice, and the the bathroom worked, which is more than I can say for some places I've been. Uh, uh, but it's really, really fantastic. Now, I didn't stay at the main festival hotel. That would have been the Kabuki. That's a great place to stay, by the way. Uh, they have the Japanese soaking tubs is a feature in some of the rooms. Also, a lot of the screens, those folding screens that, um, uh, that people are so fond of. I was going to say Japanese people, but I don't know that they're all fond of it. It just happens to be kind of something that you see within that uh, vein of decor often. If you're trying to create an authentic Japanese experience, you may include some paper screens. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And uh, anyhow, I decided not to stay there on account of the cost, and I stayed down there by the water where I can hear the sea lions barking and enjoy getting crabs every morning. And uh, the food, by the way, not the sexual unpleasantness. Uh, <laughs> we've all had that morning, and that, that's, I didn't want to have that. Anyhow, I fell asleep under a blanket of, of salt air and foghorns and the screams of prisoner ghosts from nearby Alcatraz. Uh, they never made it off of there. Always a pleasant thing to get up and see the prison uh, out there. I did make it to the performer's lounge at the Kabuki, and I think uh, at that point just uh, Michael Ian Black uh, playing ping pong and Andy Richter uh, checking his Twitter account, which is thrilling, don't get me wrong, but uh, it was not a place I was going to hang around too much. 
But uh, I met a, a great a volunteer there. Sammy Ya was there. She gave me the badge. That was it. That's all I had to do there. I got the badge, and she said, well, you're welcome to, you can have a beer, or you can have some free chips or a balance bar. So you better believe I loaded up on those chips. <laughs> had a couple of balance bars. And uh, I was all set for my late night snacking. Uh, so that was really great. And uh, I did attend a few of the, the, boy, these things were just raging all-night parties that they threw there. My, as part of the festival, you have to understand, uh, I'm, I'm a night owl, as you know very well. But uh, I, would, I had made this trip into a work trip, kind of a dual purpose. So I'd been out there the week before and whatnot, and uh, meeting with uh, ink purveyors and flyer uh, distribution partners all morning. I had a lot of early mornings, like 9 a.m., you got to be up there. So uh, then these, these parties, of course, would start about 10 p.m., 11 p.m., but they wouldn't really get going until about 1 a.m. or so. And as an out-of-towner, you know, I don't know many people. It's been a long time since I lived there. They're not part of the festival. So uh, I just kind of sat around and, uh, and just waiting for anybody I knew or even somebody I didn't know to approach me. I try in those situations not to approach others but to, to just wait for someone to, to recognize that, hey, this guy's probably pretty talented. How about I sit down and talk to him and engage him and make my, make my own life better? That's, that's me at every bar. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> if you see me, by all means, come say hello, because you know I won't come over to you. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, that, what this all meant is that I was having a drink or two or three uh, before everyone showed up. And I can tell you that a drunk uh, walk at 3 a.m. down Market Street is exactly as glamorous as it was 10 years ago and just as terrifying, too. Sometimes I'm, I don't know what goes through my head, ladies and gentlemen. Afterwards, you think, well, that was a dangerous thing to do. And that was, honestly, that was my experience in San Francisco, me making a, a, a series of terrible decisions. <laughs> which ultimately ended in divorce. So anyhow, that's uh, that's still the same. I'm still the same as a single fellow as I was a married fellow in San Francisco. I'm going to work on that. <laughs> Things generally turn out okay, but I've always made a couple of odd turns out there. Anyhow, it was great to see some comedy peers, the fantastic Rona and Beverly. They got the podcast out there and uh, in L.A. And a couple of great-looking gals with a whip-smart is what we used to say. And uh, they're not so into answering my emails. I said, hey, it was great to meet you. I didn't get anything back. That's fine. We had a connection. Uh, that's not the, certainly the, not, not the first uh, pair of women to not return an email to me or, or, or a correspondent. So fine, that's okay. Listen, I talked with a groundling, an improv fellow from L.A., for quite a while, for quite some time. And I tell you, he's going places. I could see that. He was a little bit too into food for us to ever really uh, uh, make a go of it as friends, but we had a lovely conversation, or I was just part of an extended bit. You can never tell with comedians. When you meet them in that setting, they might just be doing something, and you are participating in it. It's not really a conversation. It will never be a friendship. You're just part of a bit, and I was happy to be a part of that bit. It was fine. It was a, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Hey, it's fun to be outside for me. The first party that I attended, uh, really, really, where, where this fellow was, was a ping-pong karaoke night. Okay, that doesn't mean you have to sing uh, karaoke while playing ping-pong, but it was, uh, I don't know, they had people doing the, you know, that's, sometimes that's just embarrassing 
people don't know how to move. They don't. They they know the words, but they don't know the tune. And uh, that that's anyhow. We were we had a VIP section, thank God, and we were up there in the rafters. And Andy Kindler, he, he arrived just as I was leaving, which was a shame because he was looking pretty sharp, and I, I was eager to say hello uh, to him, but I did not. Uh, just just smiled, kind of the knowing smile of two comedians at a festival. Oh, we're all in this together. Uh, I said hello to, to Mike Kaplan. I saw him at the podcast festival, so I thought I had an in. As I said, now, now I'm not somebody who goes up to people, and so all of these represent such an enormous... A step outside of my comfort zone. I can't even tell you. But because we were in a VIP lounge in an attic overlooking ping pong tables where they were all just circling around. I have never seen this before. They just all circle around taking... It wasn't really a ping pong game that they were playing. Believe me. I... Uh, <laughs> but anyhow, so I did say say hello to people and I was trying to say, hey, uh, hey do, you, do you know this obscure person? And they would say no and then they'd move on. And that was the interaction. And that's, that's okay. It's all right. As I said, we're all in this together. If you're not known or if you're not part of that circle going out and doing gigs every night, it, it's, it's difficult to break in. That's fine. We're all a little bit cagey. And um, anyhow, and some of us were a little drunk. Although at that place, let me just say this. You're going to give a drink ticket to somebody. And, and I've, I've had so many drink tickets put pressed into my hand. I had one given to me at this thing. You know what that was good for? A well margarita. Do you know what I don't need? <laughs> you know what I'm not in the mood for? A well margarita. I would have just had a beer. But all the beers you had to pay for. And, you know, fine. But I didn't bring a lot of cash with me. As you know, I traveled with traveler's checks. So, anyhow, uh, it was difficult for me. I didn't want to have one of those. and I, Instead, I really uh, got into some Belgian beers. Oh, they're much stronger than regular beers is what I... Then the next night also had ping pong. I don't know what it is with ping pong and comedy out there in San Francisco. I mean, it can be sort of funny, I guess, but uh, it wasn't funny to me when Brian Ye uh, whooped me in elementary school uh, championship match out there in the cafeteria gymnasium at Fern Hill. But, uh, well, it was a dark time for me. I was feeling pretty good having uh, 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 beat the one girl who always smelled a little bit like a barnyard. I got to the semifinals, and then I had to face Mr. Ye in the final. Just a wicked serve. That guy has a wicked, wicked serve. Anyway, I had a nice time at the at the second party. I saw an old friend of the program, Janine Brito, and I, 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 had, I, had, I apologized to her because I didn't realize she was Latina on the last program. She was on the program, and we were kind of joking. I make some stupid, you know, corny joke about uh, a burrito because her name sounded like that when I said it. Anyhow, you, you talk to some people, and you, you admire them, and then you do something goofy like that, and you put your foot in the mouth. Anyhow, I she thanked She said, don't worry about it. You're terrific. And uh, we had a, had a drink and a couple of laughs, and she since favorited a tweet of mine, so I feel like we're... <laughs> We're on even footing now, aren't we? <laughs> and Michelle O'Murth and new friend Sarah Benincasa. Well, my, just lovely. Lovely to, to meet her and say hello. And uh, that's me name-dropping, folks. This is what it sounds like, okay? I don't interact with a lot of people that aren't on the show. Uh, I can tell you about the guy at the coffee shop. I can tell you about the dry cleaners and some of the people I see on the subway. But these are real people. Some of them you may recognize. And I think it's important that you understand that I have also met them. I've been in the same room. <laughs> I, 
I think that's important for you to know. Oh, gosh. It's getting harder to do it, ladies and gentlemen. I tell you, I, the more I do this show, this program, it gets harder to do it. I'm recording. You can hear there's horns, there's trucks. Uh, uh, I'm drinking tea late at night and talking to you. But uh, anyhow, um, it was fun to be out there. And uh, I, it truly, I mean, this. I just had to do... I talked to my 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 producer, uh, a friend of the video of the video stuff and the web series, Julie Miller, and I, she said, "Hey, you got to go to the parties, Dale." I said, "I don't know about this. I got room service in my room, and I got HBO in my room, and the the blankets are real comfortable here, and uh, I don't have to listen to Baby Pepsi snoring. I'd just rather stay in." She said, "No, you got to get out there. At the end of the day, it's all about mingling and meeting people, and isn't this going to be wonderful?" And, uh, you know, I think, I hope that it is. I hope that it will be uh, uh, fortuitous. I hope that it will be uh, expansive in the efforts of this program. Uh, uh, so I did, and I went to those parties, and we'll see. And, uh, my goodness, I did see some great comedy, too. The Slipknuts reunion, I highly recommend. And uh, Ron Funches, uh, Jackie Cation, uh, 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 Steve Agee. And uh, uh, Andy Richter, it was, it was all just hilarious, just doing funny, funny stuff. And um, like Maria Thayer, lovely, lovely voice. You might not know she has a lovely voice, but she did. And uh, But Ron Funches, though, man, if you see, if you get a chance to see him, you won't be sorry. That was amazing. Just tears coming down. Anyhow, the show, my goodness, the show, I've been talking about ping pong and getting drunk and whatnot. <laughs> and meeting all these celebs. But uh, the show itself was, in a word, magical. It was just great to share the stage with some old pals from Killing My Lobster out there, Paul Charney and Mark Vogel, uh, an old uh, uh, chum I knew from college, Angus McLean, who's just doing fantastic things at Pixar. My goodness, look him up. He also invented a toy. I didn't even talk about that, but some kind of cubed Lego device. And he's I'm just doing fantastically well. Uh, I'm jealous of his success, I won't kid you. And, of course, new acquaintances, the very talented Duckworth, who was a delight, and Mary Van Note, who is a, a treasure out there in San Francisco. And please go go and support all of these people because they're doing fantastic things. And all were, were just so gracious with their time and their stories. And I loved talking to them and having a little fun with them. <laughs> Sometimes at their expense, but uh, go, I know the the audio is of course a live show, so that it's a little bit uh, 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 funny to listen to, I guess. But uh, if you can, you might have to rewind because the laughter is so powerful <laughs> out there. But my thanks to Aaron Sanchez for making my cape for the evening. Wasn't that lovely? If you saw any of the pictures, and there are only a couple of them, but if you saw them, they're they're beautiful. The the cape is is just fantastic. It shimmers. And uh, as uh, she's out there in Cincinnati, in the great state of Ohio, and uh, go go say hello, have her make a cape for you. Uh, and uh, Heather, Dylan, Sammy, as I mentioned, everybody involved in the Eureka Theater who made the show a success. Thank you, honestly. And how about Steve O'Reilly? My goodness, Steve O'Reilly. This is I know this is coming kind of a thank you podcast. I get it, but I have to thank him. He flew all the way out there. I wasn't expecting it. I said, Steve, I got into this thing. I'd love for you to come out. And he said, All right, I'll be there. That's how he is. That's the kind of guy he is. And uh, we're we're gonna wish him well because I I gather he's having a hernia operation. I think he'd be okay with me telling you that. But uh, 
That's that's serious business. I had a hernia operation, two of them, when I was a boy, just one on each side. I was lifting an overweight. Uh, <laughs> that let me let me do that. Let me tell you this story. All right, I was lifting an overweight African American child into a shopping cart. Uh, when I tore whatever it is in your groin that gives you a hernia, and I realized now I've said that out loud. I said it once as overweight, which is even worse <laughs> than overweight African American. This is not. I wasn't just picking up a, a chubby a black kid to put into the into a cart. That this, not, that's not the conditions under which I was operating as a boy. This this fellow was a kid that I loved. He was my best friend at the time. His nickname was Bugger. Now that again, that's all around. It's a it's a that's just how I grew up. <laughs> All right. Now this this kid, I just we had such fun together, and uh, we we used to take the uh, dolls. They had little action figures, I guess is what they called. And he had a lot of a lotion. His mother had hand lotion there, and he'd rub. We'd rub the they had long wooden hallways outside his bedroom, and we'd rub that lotion, that hand lotion, like a Nivea kind of thing, onto the action figures, and then slide them down the hallway. It was just fantastic. I mean, if that's not true friendship, I don't know what is. And anyhow, we are there, and uh, we, my mother and my, myself and Bugger, and I just, I wanted to get him in the cart so he'd have a positive shopping experience at the, at the shopping center, at the Acme or whatever it was, the grocery store. So I tried to lift him, and... <laughs> I mean, he was a big kid. You don't understand. I did not have the command of my strength or coordination required to lift this fella into the cart. And uh, something just it just popped right down there. And uh, he never made it into the cart, but uh, we remain lifelong friends. And uh, we're pen pals to this day, just handwritten letters. And uh, though today he does go by his given name, uh, Kenneth. So, uh, Ken, if you're out there listening, hello. Hope you don't mind me sharing uh, that story. Now, uh, uh, hernia does take a little while to recover, though probably now with lasers and goggles and whatnot, they can probably do wonders. I remember just kind of hobbling around. But, you know, as you get older, also things affect you differently. So uh, it can take longer to recover, but I'm sure he's going to be okay. I myself have not been without uh, incident. I've had to dig out little Barry from the snowbank. There, uh, that's of course my '89 Chrysler LeBaron, and boy, I got a bruise on my hand, uh, like I was in a dust-up down at the saloon, because <laughs> I'm just beating on the ice to try. And... I don't have many tools up here, ladies and gentlemen. I've since gone out and bought a shovel, but at the time, I just and every year, I just think, my gosh, what am I doing? Just beating on that, so my hand is all black and blue. But uh, someday I'll learn. And now I got the shovel, it'll probably stop snowing. <laughs> so, and, you know, speaking of uh, killing my lobster a few minutes ago, what, what talented kid, kids these guys are. Not kids. They're all professionals. They're, they're men and women, and they're doing their best. They just got out there. They had a set, a set list just full of blue material. <laughs> So, you know, I was a little uncomfortable. But the gal goes out there and she says, I've got rats for breasts. And uh, the audience just starts cracking up. And let me tell you something. They went for it. They absolutely went for it. And that is what comedy is. Comedy is that that uh, absolute devotion to it. Um, and uh, they, they did not disappoint. It was absolutely 100% uh, out there. And I, I just give them credit, you know, just wonderful. And gosh, it felt good to be backstage, back there with everybody, trying on their costumes and preparing for it. Now, I, 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 uh, 
am no fan of the vocal warm-up or the theater exercises that people do to sit in solemn silence and the red leather, yellow leather business and the shouting and all of that, but uh, <laughs> I just like to do what the old pros told me, what the old actors do and what they do in the Japanese uh, no theater, which of course is to just completely forget, just let your mind go completely blank before walking out there on that stage. You, you're not anyone, you're not anywhere, and you just react in the moment. And that's what I do before every, every um, show, every time I walk out the door. It could be as if I'm a brand new person, or even a person that doesn't exist. But uh, <laughs> now people have been wondering, uh, did I see Ginny? while I was out there on the West Coast? And the answer uh, is no. Sadly, our schedules did not line up. She had some family in from out of town. And uh, uh, A, uh, I was just, I, I don't want to make a scene about the whole thing. It's fine. Give her her space. Uh, but, and B, I, I didn't need to, I didn't need to see the whole family you know what I'm saying I mean we have our we have our differences and always have but anyhow I, I it was just not the right time to grab a coffee there or butterscotch pudding which of course is her favorite uh, we did communicate via fax message uh, still her favorite way to reach out and we we promised that the next time we'd plan ahead and get together and see what comes of it uh, but I think we both sense that maybe we're ready to at least talk again and put the past behind us and, you know, at the core of so many uh, great romances is a friendship. And uh, I think that we're now at the point, you know, you, you, you're with somebody and then you, you are not with that person anymore. And you give it some time and you, you, you go, go off and you do whatever it is that you do. Maybe you move in next to a super fun site. Whatever it is, you, you, you become a kind of different person and you can have some perspective on it. And... Uh, Look, I'm happy that she's happy in her life, and she could see how thrilled I was that everything is going so well. I understand she's listened to a few of the episodes, and I encouraged her to listen to all 140 uh, if she really wanted to get to know me. But <laughs> but anyhow, I know that we're gonna we're gonna talk at some point, and I think that the friendship is still there. And uh, I just know she's going to get such a kick out of all these showbiz stories that I've been collecting. And uh, we'll just swap those sometime over, over some pudding. So what's happening with the live shows? Well, here's the thing. If you run a show in New York, you got to get used to jumping around with the venues a little bit. Sometimes it's the right match. Sometimes they put you on a, a holiday weekend at 9.30 and a Monday night, and it's not very good for you. And despite your best efforts, you only get a handful of people that are showing up. Now, that doesn't work for the venue, so fine. you gotta, you got to move it, move it up, move, do something different. <laughs> and find a time where people are actually interested in going out. So uh, uh, while I, I, I uh, will miss Union Hall tremendously, uh, especially given its convenience to my own abode, uh, you know, if you don't want to be in a basement in Brooklyn listening to people sing about pizza parties on a Monday night, well, we'll okay, we'll do it on a Tuesday night. <laughs> We'll move it. So uh, things have been shifting around, and we're, I don't know that we're completely settled where we're going to be, but uh, for the time being, um, 
And listen, I performed everywhere, from an old barn in Maine to a former public bathhouse in Brooklyn. I've done it. I've, I've, I've relieved myself in alleyways into spackle buckets. I am able to roll with this. And uh, I hope that you are too. And I love meeting new people. I love uh, being in basements. The basements are so varied that I am in. Um, you wonder if they went with black paint on the walls and the ceiling, or do they do they have lights? Are the are the do, are there gels for the lights? <laughs> do you enter from the audience or next to the or, or next to the bathroom? Uh, uh, will I sit on a little platform or will I be in a hole in the ground? It's all just so darn thrilling. Uh, uh, to be an entertainment, and all the variables just make me love doing it more. <laughs> so, uh, as I said, we're, we're going to be uh, moving locations, and um, I'm excited, just as The Tonight Show is moving back to New York, I'm going to move to New York and see what happens over there in, the, in New York City proper. Now, I want to assure you, all my Gowanus enthusiasts, I will not abandon the Gowanus. I will carry the spirit, as one does, uh, when one lives so close to it, uh, I'll carry it on my clothes. Some of it's in my hair. Uh, it just kind of seeps into you and informs everything that you do. So I will not be abandoning uh, you or the Gowanus. Uh, I plan to remain in touch with all of my Gowanus uh, uh, friends and fans. And uh, But we're going to be in Manhattan, and we're going to see how it goes. We're going to be at the People's Improv Theater, also known uh, fittingly as The Pit, and we're going to be in the underground there. So, right on trend. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're, and it will be um, still five bucks. So don't worry about that. You can buy your tickets online. And I love all my guests equally. And if you've been listening, you know we've been on a tear, an absolute tear of fantastic people coming onto this program, having a drink or three, and enjoying talking about the creative process. That's what it is broadly uh, what this show is. But this, this, this one coming up on February 25th, my goodness, here's the thing. I've wanted to have all of these folks on the show for so long, and they could all be headlining this this program. Uh, not, not this program, because then it would be a different show. But, I mean, they would be. They could all be headliners. They all are headliners in their own right, and I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that they're all uh, going to be on there. And some of them have all had hosts. We call it a mostly host edition, um, kind of in honor of the, all the... The great uh, Tonight Show stuff and the the new the the changing landscape of late night television. Well, we're we're honoring that a little bit and talking about some of the things that go into making a great host or being a great guest uh, on a talk show program. So who's going to be on this thing? Well, Elliot Glazer. Finally, we had to reschedule him, and now he's on and he's going to do it. It's just so talented, along with Brooke Van Poppelen. She's just on a late, late show with Craig Ferguson. So she's she knows a thing or two about what I'm talking about. Scott Rogowski hosts his own late night show in Brooklyn called Running Late with Scott Rogowski. He's also in New York and Brooklyn. I think he's been both places. And uh, uh, it's just great. And finally, uh, Sue Smith. Very funny stand-up. She's the host of the Tits and Giggles podcast. That's a good name for something, isn't it? And uh, it features great women in comedy. She's been on VH1 and Lord knows where else, but we'll talk to her about it. And Andrew Bancroft, you remember him. He's the guy with the jelly donut outfit. He's going to be doing music for us while uh, Steve O's recovering. Uh, Sean's donut, but he'll be playing uh, the guitar. So uh, just get some tickets for this. All the information is online. It's, uh, it's on the website. And you're not going to be disappointed. Oh, and hey, we hired it. You may notice there's a lot of retweeting going on and some funny contests and things. Well, we hired a, a PR company. And uh, God bless her. 
this gal's on it. She's she's just talking Dale up at every turn. She's a real enthusiast. We appreciate her efforts, and uh, that's what you have to be when you're in PR. I myself am generally too sad for for something like that uh, to work out for me professionally. Uh, <laughs> I just carry a darkness with me sometimes, folks. I can't talk up my own thing. Speaking of people uh, who have been on the show or will be, uh, basically, uh, this is a time where I just say how great the guests are on this program. But there's just been a terrific track record, and so many of them have been uh, really hitting it right now, that I wanted to just honor uh, them and saying, uh, saying this is what happens. People come on the show almost right as a big gig is hitting or right before it's hitting, and then you see them, and, it, and they're really launched. I'm not saying that this program has anything to do with it other than we, are, uh, we have some good timing when it comes to people that are on the program. Ilana Glazer. And her, and, and her uh, uh, comedy partner, Abby Jacobson, they've got Broad City. Ilana was on the show, and uh, Broad City is fantastic. You're already watching it. I know that you are, because you're an informed comedy audience. Chris Gather, he's got a comedy special, a comedy album. He's also uh, got a, a pilot that's been taped uh, for the Chris Gethard show. Jesse Klein, killing it on Inside Amy Schumer. She's the head writer there. And uh, Sashir Zameda, we talked about her, on SNL. It's thrilling. Carrie Doherty, doing great things with Entertainment uh, Weekly. Katie Lazarus, racking up large numbers on iTunes. Seton Smith is going to be on the new John Mulaney show. Jibs Cameron, out there in L.A. doing things with Mocha and Jack Black. Buffalo Killers have two albums coming out. Uh, soon Aquafina's album just dropped. It's a tremendous list of people who have been on this program who you can go back through the archives and listen to. And, and just pound for pound, there's a lot of talent. <laughs> I wish a few of those pounds weren't mine. But uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's wonderful. And I'm so just pleased when anybody has any success. And someday I hope to have some as well. Now, uh, this turned into a lot of appreciation, and I hope uh, I hope that that's fine for you. I hope you're okay with that because uh, I certainly appreciate you. And I also hope that you're going to be spending some good time appreciating uh, someone uh, <laughs> or yourself uh, this Valentine's Day and in the days after. Uh, even if you're indifferent, make it the one day where you just give them your full attention. Ambivalence can often be cured with focus and also alcohol. Uh, I'm not saying it should be, but it can be. <laughs> At least I have found that. Also buying really expensive gifts also a good way to give yourself that kind of final push if you're on the fence about someone. Just go for a six-foot chocolate bar or a sapphire heart neck collar or a goat herd. All bold statements that say that, uh, you know, it's guaranteed to give you just enough buy-in to give the relationship or even a marriage uh, a go. I don't recommend getting pregnant. That's probably taking things too far just as a sign of, of commitment that you may want to try some, try the chocolate bar first. Try an enormous chocolate bar first before uh, uh, reproducing. So for my special lady, uh, I'm going to just continue along with my wart treatments at the dermatologist, and I'll probably take her out for some haggis. So she means the world to me. She does. And that's how I'll show it this Valentine's Day. Well, I hope you have a magical evening and a weekend. It's nice that it's combined with a, a big President's Day uh, a, a ballyhoo. And I look forward to receiving your e-Valentines and your hand-delivered flowers, just like I do every year. I truly, truly have the best fans. Uh, I'm not ambivalent about any of you. <laughs> I love you. And I'd give you all an open-mouth kiss if I could, if the risk of infection were not so high. Oh, and here, here, what do we decide to do with this? 
Oh, yes. Well, we were going to do a little hashtag thing. Okay. I don't know about this, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to give it a, a shot. If you use hashtag Dalentine uh, and, and you tell me about, uh, uh, tell me about anything, I, let's make it Valentine's puns. Maybe, you know, the old cards have the puns on them. You could, you could, you could tell me that. Tell me your best pun or your worst pun. We'll give you some free tickets to the show. Also, if you just uh, use that hashtag to tell me about uh, uh, your plans, what happened, maybe your best or worst Valentine's memory, it's going to be a catch-all hashtag. I, it's just, we'll see. It's all right. Use it anytime. I think it's also a hashtag for a university. So <laughs> just see how it goes. See what you might win some kind of a hoagie. All right. Well, you can always tweet it to me at Dale Radio on Twitter. Stay warm out there. My advice to you, stay naked emotionally and choose love. I hope to see you on the show on the 25th, 8 p.m. at the pit. It's going to be great Tuesday night, and then uh, let's have a drink afterwards. Till next time, I'll be using my empty whiskey bottles to crush those chalky candy hearts with the messages on them, to use in lieu of sand to help get my car out of its icy parking spot. Now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. Dale Radio is written and produced by James Bewley. Original music by Steve O'Reilly. The intro theme to Season 6 is composed and performed by Katie Mullins. Season 6 podcast icon by Sunil Manchikanti. Posters and logo treatment for the live shows by Daniel Spencer Levine. Hey, why not rate and review us on iTunes or you can listen to me on Stitcher Radio. Stream anytime. For the latest, follow me on Twitter, at Dale Radio, or find us on Facebook. You're the best. <laughs>